This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, and this is the Ageless and Awesome podcast. I'm an age-defying naturopath and clinical nutritionist, and I'm here to bust myths around women's health and aging so that you can be ageless and awesome in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. The Ageless and Awesome podcast is dedicated to helping women through perimenopause and menopause with great health, a positive mindset, and outrageous confidence. Hit subscribe or follow now, and let's get started. Hello, gorgeous one, and welcome to Q&A Thursday. And I have a pretty fun question today. This came in from someone on my email subscriber list. I did a big call out last week and boy, did you deliver. Holy cow. I reckon I've got over a hundred new podcast topics to cover. Some of them I have covered already, but I'm going to go a little bit more in depth. Um, but also a lot of them were really new. And I love this because one of my uh, big objectives, I guess, with this podcast is to provide free information to women about what's going on in their bodies and how to manage what's going on in your body. And this question this week is all about <laughs> body odor or BO. And you may have noticed that there has been an increase in your body odor. I have to be honest, and over this past summer, I have actually really noticed that I'm having to reapply my deodorant during the day, and I don't normally need to. Now, here where I live in Queensland, we've had a number of heat waves. And so I was thinking, oh, it's just because I'm sweating so much because it's so hot. But when I got this question in, it really triggered me because I'm like, oh my God, is this yet another perimenopause problem? And yes, it is. 
Now it's estimated, and you may be really shocked at this, but around 80% of women going through perimenopause or in menopause are experiencing increased BO. Oh my God. And it's not just because you might be sweating more because you're having hot flushes or night sweats or whatever, but that is a factor, but it doesn't have to be the case. Um, So why does this happen? Oh my gosh. Um, So of course it's related to our hormones and it's related to the drop in estrogen. So this drop in estrogen leaves our bodies with relatively more testosterone because we, even though we tend to associate testosterone production with men, we also produce testosterone from our ovaries. So when the estrogen drops, we have relatively more testosterone and that can make our sweat more appealing to bacteria because it's actually the bacteria really that cause the majority of the smell and that leads to BO. And when you have this happening, this decreased estrogen leading to relatively increased testosterone, plus the body, there's something else that happens, the body can produce more sebum. Now you may have heard of sebum. We think of sebum is an oil produced in the skin and it contributes to acne, particularly in teenagers where it's overproduced and pores get blocked. But you know, we do refer to perimenopause as being second puberty and yeah, the body can produce more sebum and this plus hot flashes Uh, Plus night sweats also leads to BO. And also with menopause, there are changes in the composition of sweat. So what the sweat is made of and the bacteria love this, absolutely love this. Plus, when you think about that, all of these changes going on, plus the environment of the armpit it's warm. We've got a lot of blood vessels going through there. And often, you know, we're sta- if we're standing or sitting with our arms down as we normally would, it's dark. It's, the heat is trapped in there. So it's really nice and warm. And there's moisture there, obviously, from this extra sweat. And that bacteria, sorry, that environment is loved by bacteria. So it's kind of like this perfect storm going on in your armpits. And it also happens in your groins as well. Um, So does every sweat gland produce BO? Because otherwise, like, wouldn't you be getting this all over your skin, all over your body? Actually, no, it's not every sweat gland that produces body odor, which that kind of surprised me when I was reading about this. So there are two different types of sweat glands. Now, I'm not going to get too detailed into this because it's not super interesting. They're called eccrine and apocrine. And eccrine glands are the ones that keep your body cool. So they do this by releasing sweat, which evaporates off your skin and cools you down. We're all familiar with that. And the other type of sweat gland, the apocrine glands, they get going when your sex hormones kick into high gear during puberty. And these glands produce this thick protein-rich substance, which actually doesn't smell that bad when it's first produced, 
But <laughs> of course, once the bacteria get a hold of it, it becomes more pungent and we can experience body odor. And so that kind of all makes sense when you look at this picture that's getting produced about what's happening in our body on a hormonal level and then how this interacts with sweat glands and then bacteria. So what do we do about it other than just lathering the, the anti um the anti sorry the deodorant on um well funnily enough and maybe you're not going to be surprised by this if you listen to this podcast every week but diet plays a big role now if you're eating a lot of junk food we know you know the skin is an organ of detoxification and if you're eating a lot of junk type food and a lot of alcohol stuff like that, that's you're going to get more sweat, more smells coming out through the skin. So having a diet full of whole foods, like fruits, veggies, proteins, grains, all of that sort of beautiful, um, as little processed food as possible, that's really helpful. Um, also decreasing kind of the spicy foods that helps more with the sweating as also the caffeine Unfortunately, ladies, even if you're just having one coffee a day like I do, if you're someone that's having a lot of hot sweats and hot flushes, you may want to consider changing over to a decaf coffee um, because we know that caffeine can contribute to hot sweats all throughout the day or hot flushes, I should say. Um, Yeah, so I know you're not going to be very happy to hear that, but that's just keeping it real. Uh, another thing is regular exercise. Interestingly, even though it sounds kind of counterintuitive, uh, exercise can help regulate body temperature and reduce excess sweating and BO over time. So we're talking regular exercise. Obviously, hygiene plays a role and making sure you are cleaning your body, particularly your armpits, at least daily, maybe twice a day if you're really struggling with this problem. Um, and wearing breathable fabrics. So it's not like you're wearing a sauna so that there's less kind of sweat and also less ability for the bacteria to survive. Um, Stress management is probably the final one I'll add on to this little list because obviously, or maybe not so obviously, it depends how much of my podcast you listen to, the stress response is can be a little dysregulated when we reach perimenopause and our stress response is involved in the sweating kind of mechanism and the hot flushes in particular. So if we manage our stress well by doing things that bring us joy, by breathing deeply into the belly, by doing some kind of mind-body movement such as yoga is always good for that, spending time in nature, all of those sorts of things, spending time with family and friends as well. doesn't have to be setting up a formal meditation practice, although that can be extremely effective as well. Um, That's really important for managing your hot flushes, the sweats, and therefore your BO. So the other thing I just did want to quickly mention is there, there can be certain types of BO can actually be a sign of other medical conditions completely unrelated to perimenopause or menopause. So these can be probably rare 
conditions, but you know, significant changes in body odor might be a sign of liver disease, certain types of cancer, fungal infections, something known as fish odor syndrome is a very rare condition. Um, if your body has a fruity scent, that could maybe indicate diabetes. If it smells like bleach, it could indicate kidney problems. So in that case, if, if you feel like there's something actually wrong here, please reach out to your healthcare professional and get it assessed. Don't be embarrassed. These sort of things are what healthcare professionals are dealing with on a daily basis. So we don't get embarrassed, so you shouldn't. Uh, so I hope that's been really helpful. I actually really enjoyed reading and doing a little bit more learning about this, uh, n- this, you know, another Perry problem. So yeah, uh, if you do have a question for Q&A, even though I've just said I've got over a hundred, they're not actually all questions, they're topics. So some are questions, some are topics. So please still feel free to reach out with any of your questions. And if you liked this episode, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can leave a review or you can uh, reach out to me through Instagram at Susie Garden Wellness or drop me an email. Hello at SusieGarden.com. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have an awesome weekend if you're listening to this on the weekend and I will see you next Tuesday. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Ageless and Awesome podcast. If you liked today's episode, please make sure you click the little plus button if you're on Apple Podcasts or the follow button if you're on Spotify so that you can get each new episode delivered to you every single week. If you like free stuff and who doesn't, then head over to suzygarden.com and grab my eight essential age-defying secrets every woman over 40 should know right now. Or if you'd like to continue the discussion, head over to Instagram and DM me at suzygardenwellness. I'd love to connect with you.